Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, where we highlight people and organizations who are doing great things and having a significant impact in the communities they serve. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations at Ellen Becker Investment Group. On today's show, we want to recognize and highlight some first responders who are making a difference in our community in a very unique way. Typically, first responders include law enforcement officers, paramedics, EMTs, and firefighters. But today, we're going to focus specifically on Milwaukee police officers. Now, I mentioned before that I get to meet some really interesting and wonderful people while I'm hosting this show, and I've learned about things that I may not have known about otherwise if I wasn't doing research and preparation for the interviews, right? So preparing for my conversation with my guest today, I learned some very interesting facts. The Milwaukee Police Department was first organized in 1855 with a, quote, determined chief, seven pugnacious officers, and a little bit of money. The department grew to 21 men by the start of the Civil War in 1861, and law enforcement in the city soon earned a national reputation for honesty, integrity, and fairness that it has enjoyed well into the 21st century. The Milwaukee Police Department was first in the country to establish a formal officer training school, a police bomb disposal vehicle, and the talking squad car. Now, there's a a few tidbits of information for all you trivia enthusiasts. But that's not all. There's something else that the Milwaukee Police Department is known for. And here to tell us more about it is my first guest, Karen Dubis, retired Milwaukee Police Department Lieutenant and Director of the Milwaukee Police Band. Welcome to the show today, Karen. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. We're excited to have you here. First of all, thank you for your service. Um, so not only is Milwaukee recognized as being uh, having those firsts that I just mentioned, but they're also the country's longest-running police department band. So tell us more about the history of the band and what your personal connection is. The Milwaukee Police Band is actually America's oldest police band. So we started back in 1898, and there was no other police band at that time. And we were actually featured in the New York um, Post that said, you know, Milwaukee has a band on their police department. <laughs> Milwaukee has it going on. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so from that time until now, we have kept the band going, except one uh, or two times when we had to stop for World War One, for example, and uh, for the um, COVID experience. But uh, otherwise, we boast of being America's oldest police band. Very nice. And what's your personal connection then? My personal connection is, is that back in 1978, after I graduated from high school, I came on the Milwaukee Police Department as a police aide. And I was actually supposed to be a music major. I was signed up to go to UW-Milwaukee as a music major. And my mom encouraged me to come on the police department with my brother. Uh, my father was a police officer. My brother retired as a captain. My brother-in-law was on the police department and unfortunately was killed in the line of duty. Mm, um, sorry my, to hear that. I appreciate that. Wow. Uh, it, 
he actually was part of our band in that he'd carry our banner, mm. and uh, he was one of our equipment stage persons. So, mm. um, I also have um, my partner is a retired detective, and my nephew now carries on our spirit with the uh, department. He's a police officer. Wow! So it runs in the family. Yes, it is. We, we are the quintessential blue bloods, <laughs> <laughs> live. Wow! So. And so anyway, when I found out the police department had a band, I, of course, was, wow, let me on it. Mm-hmm. And so that was back in 1978. So I have 45 years, actually, in um, in the department. Uh, and uh, I retired, actually, in 2015. But I've continued on. And so in 1999, I became the director of the band. And then uh, that's where I've come to be to today. And okay. so okay. it was. it's been a great, great um, experience, and it's one of my great passions is the Milwaukee Police Band. Wow, wow. Well, tell us the, the mission and the vision. So the mission of the Milwaukee Police Band is to represent the Milwaukee Police Department and serve the community, because the communi- community is very important to us, by providing music, education, and goodwill while preserving the historical importance of the band. So we have many artifacts at the Academy that are very special to us. And uh, we have a display case that if you go to the Academy, the Police Academy, you'll be able to see, you know, sorts of bits of history that of where we came from. Can anybody walk in to the Police Academy and take a look? You can. You have to go through the front door and uh, during working hours, which is 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Okay. And I'm sure that they would welcome that. Okay. Yes. Well, give us an idea of the, the makeup of the band. So the police band, when they first started out, they had about 15 members. Then they grew to about 60. They were all men at the time. And then uh, through the years... Uh, we have diminished a bit in our numbers, and uh, for many years, even when I joined the band, uh, we had uh, retired police officers and, and personnel. We had um, sworn officers that were on the job, uh, including myself when I was working. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we also invited some citizens to come in and perform with us. And having that eclectic group together really makes for a very cohesive unit because we learn from each other. And our citizens are some of our biggest cheerleaders. Okay. So that's what you know the citizens bring to the band. They bring uh, expertise. Okay. And they bring uh, incredible attitudes and they are inspired by the police officers. The band uh, also goes uh, out into the community, as I said, that was extremely important to us. And we do many different performances from everything that, for example, the department asks of us because they are our number one um, support of our uh, what we do. Um, not financially, but what we do, they support us 100%. Mm. And so we play at all of our uh, law enforcement memorials. We perform at the uh, Special Olympics opening ceremonies because we are partnership with Special Olympics. Nice. We nice. Um, play at a blue mass. We play at uh, elementary schools. Uh, that is uh, really a lot of fun, and uh, we'd like to do that even more. Uh, as in the uh, near past, we have done a lot of uh, elementary schools, and the kids come up and they play musical instruments with us, and it's really a lot of fun. Well, and I bet that that 
kind of lessens the fear, perhaps, that a child may have in the presence of an officer. Absolutely, You know, yes. I mean, they're like, wow, we get to see them in a different capacity, maybe. That is very true. And actually, one of our captains that came on the uh the job uh, came up to me one time and told me, Karen, do you know why I joined the police department? It's because you came to my school when oh. I was young and I saw the Milwaukee police band and I wanted to be a police officer based on that. Oh my gosh, that must have just filled you tremendously. My heart grew oh three my gosh. times. Yes. Wow, wow. Well, while the Milwaukee Police Band has a very rich and proud history, there's one event that stands out that occurred in the 1920s that's unique and special. Stay tuned to find out more after our commercial break. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Karen Dubis, retired Milwaukee Police Department Lieutenant and Director of the Milwaukee Police Band. So the band had an, uh, had an event that occurred in the 1920s that was special and unique. Tell us about that. So back in 1922, John Philip Souza came to Milwaukee, and he came by train. And the Milwaukee Police Band at that time met John Philip Sousa at the train station playing a song. And John Philip Sousa was so, and he's the March King, you know, the March King, and he's, he's, um, he's like the guy of marches. Okay. And he was so touched by that um, action that he asked the Milwaukee Police Band to come to the Milwaukee Auditorium and perform with them. And so there we were on stage being directed by none other than John Philip Sousa. Wow. Well, you weren't there. I was. You know, you're, you're 39, <laughs> right? Right, exactly. <laughs> I wasn't there, no. <laughs> but I just um, also, he came back in 1923 and presented us with a uh, flag and also a banner that hangs in the halls of the academy uh, in, in our display case that was directly from him, so two times. Mm. And he, he called the Milwaukee Police Band, he said that he considered himself a sponsor of the band and actually gave us music because our library wasn't as big as maybe it could have been. And so that was really, really an exciting thing. Uh, there's not a lot of bands in Milwaukee or beyond that can say that they were invited to play at John Philip Sousa's behest. Mm, so That's wonderful. Well, again, little bits of trivia that, you know, if you're into that, this, this is great information. <laughs> and I think most people understand how important community engagement is, right? So how is the Milwaukee Police Band engaged with the community, and why is this positive influence so important? The positive in influence comes in because sometimes there isn't um, enough positive uh, energy towards or with m police officers, and, and I say that, you know, everywhere. And so when the Milwaukee Police Band comes in and represents the department and officers, we come in with a feel-good um, experience because music is everywhere. And they're at every celebration, they're at every ceremony, and because music is everywhere, people can relate to music. And by relating, by, 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 by kind of starting out with something that is known to others, 
um, we can come together better as a community. When we start playing music, people start dancing, mm. people sing. Kids, kids will come up to us, and I, I let them direct the band, and it, for marches, of course. But nonetheless, I mean, people smile when they see us. They tell us how much they enjoyed the music. Um, many people at the Law Enforcement Memorial will come up to us afterwards and say, you made this event special. Thank you. Mm. And so it's, it's, we are uh, goodwill ambassadors. You know, we, we spread goodwill. That's part of our mission. And so that is really important to us. And so we are always putting on smiling faces to reach out our hands to the community with our instruments and voice. Yeah, and that's so important. I mean, I know it, every place struggles with um, perhaps relationships between the community and the, the officers, some cities more than others. But I think this act of getting out into the community and just showing people your real self and, and, and being approachable. Like you said, that story of that young man who became a police officer after his interaction with you. I mean, I think that speaks, that speaks volumes. You talked about performances um, in the past. How, how many do you actually do every year? I just want to mention that was actually a woman that joined the department. Oh, okay. Well, there, <laughs> sorry about that. That was a young lady that yes. Okay, yes. well, go girl. Yes. There you go. So we play uh, at many ceremonies and uh, places that people ask us to. So, for example, we play at many different uh, venues. One of them, for example, was we played at Bastille Days with our jazz ensemble. And, and we play at every now and then we'll go on the road. We've gone to New Orleans. We've gone to Savannah, Georgia. Oh, wow. okay. And uh, the, the chiefs at the time were always very uh, supportive of that. We went to Washington, D.C. on July 4th and, and, and marched down Independence Avenue. Mm -hmm. And so within our performances, many of them are driven by requests. Tell us about the uniforms. I mean, do you guys have like these special, really cool uniforms that you wear when you're performing? We do now. Uh, back in 2009, we got a contribution that allowed us to purchase new uniforms for our band members at that time. So uh, we were able to design them ourselves with the approval of the chief. So we have hats that were um, uh, initially from the 1920s. The hats that uh, we actually had our hat uh, uh, post uh, uh, sent to a, our tailor, and the tailor um, fashioned our hats after the hats that the officers wore back in the 1920s. Oh, very cool. Our uh, jackets, our choker collars, which were like the 1950s, 1960s. Our pants have a pinstripe coming down the leg, and that's 1970s, 80s. Well, and you got so a retro uniform going on there. Yes, ma'am. Yes. <laughs> So it's, it's really a special uniform for us, and we are thrilled to have something that we can be proud of. I understand that you have a pretty large concert at the Peps Theater every February. Yes, that's correct. Every February, it's our winter concert at the Peps Theater, the most beautiful historic theater. So that's where we pull out all the stops. We bring out new music. We have vocalists. We, the jazz ensemble will play there. And that is probably our biggest uh, expense. Now, we do take goodwill donations at the, th at the theater that does offset some of that cost, but uh, that is the, the biggest cost that we have every year. Okay. Well, speaking of that, how then is the band funded over and above the, some of the things that you just shared? The band is funded by contributions only. The department does not give us any um, type of financial benefit 
for our band. And so as that goes, we do what we can with what we what donations that we get. And there are people that donate to us cold, you know, like I don't know who they are. They send us a donation and that's wonderful. But uh, in order to truly pay for the concert, uh, you know, it, it, it's something that we do need money for. Okay, so you, the PAPS Theater every February is your largest event and you do get donations for that at the event. And so because you are strictly funded by contributions, um, how do you get the word out then, other than shows like this? <laughs> how do you let people know? I mean, do they just go to your website? Or uh, how do you let people know that, that that is what you need? Yes. Uh, I just want to mention that that concert is a community concert. It is a free concert to everyone because we do get people who can't, who wouldn't be able to come to that concert in the past because they couldn't afford it and so if you you do not have to uh you know make a contribution but if you can people do we're a 501c3 nonprofit organization Uh, we work with the media um, person on the department and then every now and then someone will write an article about us we'll be able to come on the the, (laughs) someone will call you and ask if you want to be a guest on milwaukee's philanthropic community and we're like yes (laughs) yes please pick me (laughs) (laughs) and we're happy to have you because we realize that there are so many wonderful people doing wonderful things that unfortunately the community is not always aware of who those people are and what they're doing and so that's what we're trying to do and and it's wonderful uh, all the ways that that um, we can share how organizations such as yourself are making an impact in in the community I, I'm just curious as we're talking here does every police department have a band no no they so, don't okay because in doing research I found oh there's the New York Police Department band and there's the you know the Florida and you know do you know how many there are across the country? Do you know, I have done uh, research about that, and I know that the uh, Los Angeles Police Department has a band. Okay. Um, also, sh- there's a lot of pipe and drum bands oh, out okay. there. Okay, okay. But actual concert bands or marching bands like that, there are not that many. Okay, in you're the, in the minority. Yes, we are definitely in yeah. the minority. And you are the oldest yes. in the nation, so that's something to hang your hats on. Yes. Yes, those nice hats that have fashioned that over the... 1920s. After, yes, yes. <laughs> and I, I just want to mention that um, the easiest way to get a hold of us is through our uh, website. Uh, you can email us on the website, get information. Um, also, I have phone numbers on there uh, to call. And it's just Google the Milwaukee Police Band, and you'll be able to get a hold of us. Okay, wonderful. Well, uh, just to wrap up, I want to reiterate so the audience can take note. What would you say is your greatest need right now? Our greatest need would be um, money to support the um, concert coming up in February. And and it, we do it every year, so it's a yearly expense that we need to cover. Okay, so check it out. Just Google Milwaukee Police Department and uh, Milwaukee uh, Police Band. Milwaukee Police Band, yes, ma'am. Um, and you will get the information, further contact information. So thank you, retired Milwaukee Police Department Lieutenant and Director of the Milwaukee Police Band, Karen Dubis. Thank you for being here today. I am so happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well. Now we're going to go from talking about the beautiful sounds of horns and trumpets and other musical instruments to another recognizable sound within the police department that has strong community ties. So stay tuned to find out what that is after our commercial break.
We'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations. So as we learned in the first half of our show, the Milwaukee Police Band has a unique and wonderful way of connecting with the community through music. Our next guest also has a unique and wonderful way of connecting with the community, but this time it's with a very different sound. The clip-clop of horseshoes on the city streets of Milwaukee can be heard today, just like in the early 1900s. Here to tell us more about that is my next guest, Shelley Stinson, Executive VP of the MPD, Milwaukee Police Department, Mounted Patrol Foundation. Welcome to the show today, Shelley. Hi, thank you so much for having us. We're excited to talk about our horses. Well, we're excited to hear, so all you horse lovers, listen up. Uh, so tell us about the Mounted Patrol Foundation and the impact that they make in the community. So the Mounted Patrol Foundation was established to help, um, just as familiar with the Canine Foundation, uh, similarly we do help fund the unit that with budgetary items that fall outside of the department's budget. Um, those things can be training materials for the officers, training items for the horses. Um, we do have to do a st- substantial amount of desensitization, obviously in a big city with, with horses <laughs> who do not like lots of sounds and mm-hmm. umbrellas and like plastic bags. <laughs> things you uh, wouldn't even think about. Things that you yeah. that you don't think about that on a city street, they do come in contact with quite often. Um, so we help budget money uh, for all kinds of items for them. Um, And that is our mission, to be able to provide those items for the unit, um, for not only the human officers, but also the equines, um, for their safety, their health, um, and just the health of the unit. And so you started in 1929, you disbanded uh, for a time, and then you restarted in the late 1990s. That's correct. Okay, and you attend about two to 300 events per year? Yes, over 200 events, um, all different kinds of events. They're, they go to schools. Um, we do tours for school groups, Boy Scout groups, Girl Scout groups. Um, I bet the kids are fascinated with oh the horses. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am. Yes, I would be too. I always want to go up right away and pet them. And yes. I don't know, maybe maybe that's not such a good idea. But yeah. Um, and so... Uh, why is the Mounted Patrol Foundation where you specifically want to spend your time and effort? So our board is 100% volunteer. We all volunteer our time. Um, the reason why I do it is I, I've i lived in Milwaukee my whole life. Um, I've seen the horses occasionally um, through the 90s um, when I was younger. It, it wasn't until my husband became a police officer when I started learning about some of the specialty units. My husband had introduced me to a mutual friend uh, who was on the mounted unit uh, during a difficult time for the department with Officer Rittner's um, line of duty death. And I met him and I had so many donations and cases of apples and bananas that were donated for the funeral service. And I was like, what am I going to do with all of these? (laughs) 
<laughs> and he said, I've got some big friends that will eat those. <laughs> some four-legged friends. <laughs> and I did. I brought them down to the barn and I met the horses. And um, just that time that I spent with them, uh, learning about the horses, learning about what they do, um, and then seeing it in action uh, really in the community was like that. I would love to spend time here. And that's right around the time we were getting the foundation started. And I was asked um, if I would be willing to join the board. And the rest is history. Yeah. Um, and so you, so you told me that you're not even, well, you really weren't a horse per, uh, a horse I, person when you first got started. No, I'm, I'm an animal person. Right, I, I love right. my animals. But um, yeah, I mean, in the city of Milwaukee, when do you, you know, ride on a horse or, right, you know, like, right. That's one of the things I love about it, because you can go down to the Third Ward, and they're there. Mm. <laughs> you can see these magnificent I may, animals. I may have to make a trip down there, just <laughs> saying. I understand you have a unique home for the horses. What can you tell us about their we stables? Do. Uh, we have a really unique uh, place. Uh, the idea actually came from our officers. They thought that, hey, we really need a home to house these horses close to the city instead of having to bring them from far away. Um, so we could use make a multi-purpose building and they brought their ideas to um, some important people in the city and um, the Milwaukee Urban Stables was, was created. Um, they got funding to build the stable um, and so we cohabitate right now with um, a group that uses the rawhide services um, for uh, veterans and uh, children and they do equine therapy. Um, so they have uh, 12, 12 um, stalls and like half of the barn and we have our 12 um, and our half of the barn um, but there are a lot of times when our event things do cross um, my husband's also a veteran and um, we have numerous members of our unit uh, officers who are veterans um, and so we do uh, some coordinating uh, events with uh, benefiting ve the veterans and the equine therapy program wow well that sounds like a great a great partnership. I mean, that's that's wonderful. What what is the MPD Mounted Patrol Foundation's role then, specifically for the unit? So our role again is to provide the funds that the officers and horses need. Um, small things, horse treats. Uh, you know. Um, shiny things to make them scared and um, safety things, um, vet bills. Um, oh, it, horses sure. are not cheap. Right, um, th right. Out of all of them, they're very expensive. Um, the department does pay for basics of um, horse care um, because that is, like, they are officers uh, just like our, our human officers are. Um, but and the canines. And the canines. I, I have interviewed some, some MPD canines. Yes. I mean, the handlers of the MPD canines. Yes. The canines themselves couldn't speak too well, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> but veterinary care uh, in general is very expensive for any animal, but horses are exceptionally expensive. Um, they are larger and require far more <laughs> medications and items uh, when, it when it does come to their care. So, um, yeah. You guys provide all that we, support yes. and you assure the safety of the officers and the, and yeah, the horses. And, and we're here really to help. Um, we understand that there is budget concerns, right, in the community. Um, for the city, Milwaukee is, we're just another big city like many across the country that are really struggling with budget. So we're not only here to help alleviate some of those budget concerns, but we're also here to make sure that the benefit of having a mounted unit in the community stays here in the city of Milwaukee because many cities around the country have had to disband their 
their units because of budgetary concerns. And we really truly feel passionate about having this exceptional program that we do have here in the city of Milwaukee and are very thankful that we have it. Um, and it's through donations that we're able to keep this going. Well, and we talked to Karen in the previous segment about this, that um, you know how many other de- uh, police departments have an equine division? You know, you're saying that well, there's a lot of them have had to pull back on that because of budget cuts. But correct, correct. Green Bay had to disband theirs, I think, probably two years ago now. Um, but Milwaukee's police department mounted patrol is the only full-time mounted patrol unit in the state of Wisconsin. Oh, nice. Um, Madison does have a part. They do have officers assigned and they do have horses, um, but they are not a full-time unit. We are there every single day. Um, they some days it's obviously too cold to to patrol but we have officers available with their horses every single day of the year holidays horses are always needing care we don't use volunteers our officers complete all cares for the horses to monitor their physical strengths their you know just a visual inspection of their bodies every day to make sure they're healthy and they're safe Um, so they're there 24 7 and you can actually get a look at these beauties. Um, I'm talking about the horses. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure the the the, <laughs> the police <laughs> officers are are nice to look at uh, as well. But um, on your website, there's a section that you can actually go and meet the officer and their their partner, if yes. you will, their four legged partner. Yeah. Um, uh, right on the website, which it's was in, very interesting. Well, I we there's a lot of events too. So and they're in the community a lot. Uh, so there's a lot of opportunity to be able to see these beautiful creatures, all of them, human and and yes, and for <laughs> and two four, and four legged, two and four legged, right, right. Well, I'm curious with um, professional sports teams and other large events hosted in Milwaukee. What is it that makes horses perfect for crowd control? We use specific uh, breed of horses. We use Percheron. Um, Percherons are bred for specifically for work, uh, draft work. Um, they're very calm. Their demeanor is calm, um, but they also have a very uh, strong presence. Um, so being able to move a crowd with a 2,000-pound animal or a, a large line of a 2,000-pound animal, um, that is substantial when you have large groups of people that are, you know, there might be some trouble in, in a, a place starting. So, And you had mentioned while we were on break that the horses pick up on, like, the heartbeat they and, they, and the sound. And I knew that that was true with dogs. I didn't know that that was true with horses. And we use draft. They're, they're, tall. they're big. They're tall. So when an officer is sitting on that horse, they can see so far into a crowd. Um, but not only are they looking into their crowd, they're watching their horse. They know their horse. These are, this is their partner. Um, horses are very in tune with sounds. They're in tune with that's what makes them great for therapy. They're in tune with people. They're in, they hear people's heart rates. Um, so they can measure that. And as soon as the officer will see maybe, you know, my horse is perked up and is looking at a certain way, I'm going to look to see if there's something that they see that I need to see. Um, and they're obviously seeing that far before the time an officer on the ground is going to see that or in a squad car. Mm, wow, interesting. Well, there are also other ways that the foundation works to help the unit. When we come back, we'll learn how this has ties to one of the most famous names in Milwaukee history. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community. 
with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations, and I'm talking in our last segment today with Shelley Stinson, Executive VP of the Milwaukee Police Department Mounted Patrol Foundation. It's a mouthful. That's a mouthful, yes, but I did it, yes. So, Shelley, tell us what the famous name is that's synonymous with Milwaukee history, and what does it have to do with horses? Well, this name that is familiar to most people here in this whole area and probably around the country um, was actually the first family to bring Percheron horses to the Milwaukee area. Um, And I am speaking about Colonel Pabst, who uh, created Pabst Brewing Company. Um, His great-great-grandson, Joe Pabst, um, reached out to us and made a very generous donation for us to be able to purchase Gus. Um, He has been a wonderful addition. Um, We are so thankful for Joe. Um, the Paps family has been huge animal f- welfare activist and um, philanthropist since Colonel Pabst. The Percherons bringing them here, uh, the drafts are great. They're huge. Um, so when you think of uh, Percherons, they're the size of Clydesdales. So these are big horses. They're pulling carts. They pulled beer carts here for the Paps family um, and bringing them here. Uh, and it was really cool. We did not know about this until um, Joe made his donation, and he was so kind to um, allow us to speak to the historian for the Paps family. Um, and we learned a lot of history, and it just feels so fitting uh, that he was able to donate to us um, to be able to provide another horse uh, to interact with the community, um, but has such strong ties and just really envelops everything about Milwaukee, having Gus with us, um, who's named after Joe's father, uh, Gustav, um, and learning the history of the Pertron here in the city of Milwaukee is really cool. It was just a really, really cool thing. And we were able to do it on Father's Day. Oh, Gus, nice. Gus made it to us right on right around Father's Day. So we were able to honor Joe's father on Father's Day. How very nice. Yeah. Well, is Gus the only horse then that has funds donated for, for the purchase? He's not, actually. uh, Gus is our third horse um, that we were able to purchase for the department through generous donors. Um, One was uh, Dominic. Dominic is named after an officer patrolman, uh, Dominic Ozello. Um, And he was a mounted patrol officer in the, like, mid to late 1920s. Um, His children and grandchildren were generous and, and donated the money in their dad's honor, which oh, was super nice. cool. Yes, um, yes. And then also we have Athena, who was uh, donated by Kelvin Lang's family and in honor of his daughter, Patricia, who was the first woman to ever successfully complete the Milwaukee Fire Department's Academy. Wow. Um, and his son, who was uh, an officer on our mounted unit. Wow. So yeah. is Athena the Greek goddess of the group? <laughs> <laughs> she is feisty. Um, the name is of so she fitting. Is. She, the name is very fitting, and I absolutely love each one of these horses because they have much different characteristics from each other, and they have such fun personalities. Every one of them. <laughs> well, again, on the on the website, you get to learn a little bit about each horse. You do, which is very cool. So you, you got to check it out. Well, give us some inside scoop. Um, what does a normal day? as a mounted patrol officer and equine officer look like? So, like I said uh, previously, our officers 
are we don't have volunteers so the officers complete all of the daily tasks so that means cleaning out stalls and cleaning out the paddocks um, prepping their horses for patrol or prepping their horses for an event um, they get good rub down, showers, baths, they get them smelling good, shining, looking good. Put the um, ribbons in their tails and everything. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. yeah, we dress them up sometimes, bunny ears, you know, whatever <laughs> we need to do. Um, and then they will go out and patrol or go to their events. Um, and then when they do come back, they do clean them off. They give them a rub down, nice little massage, cool them off in the summers. Um, and then they get turned out. Um, they go out to the paddock with everybody. Pertrans are, they love the cold. They the do. Perfect for this area. Okay. Um, they don't like the heat. They prefer okay. it cold. Um, so they're out with their buddies out in the paddock, and they all there. There's the herd. Um, so they're doing the feeding and cleaning up again. There's feedings multiple times a day. Okay. <laughs> um, they're cleaning the water multiple times a day. Um, so not only are they doing police work, but they're also doing the care of of the animal. So they're well taken care of. Yes. Yeah. So. Yes. Uh, I've been to New York, I've been um, Argentina, in you know, different places around the world where horses are used a lot for show and they're out there in inclement weather, whether that is heat or cold. Um, and sometimes it's sad because the horses just look like they're, um, they're not in their element, you know, right. that they're being used for monetary purposes. And so it's wonderful to hear that they're so well yeah, taken if, care of. If the weather does not allow, if it's snowing or there is ice or it's just really cold, they are not going to go out on patrol. It's too dangerous for the horse. It's too dangerous for the partner, the human partner. Um, so they do take really good care of them making sure if it's too hot, then they're inside with the fans on. If it's too cold, they're inside with the heat on. Uh, Yes, they love cold, but there's also extremes here. Sure. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there is. <laughs> so <laughs> why do we live here again? Yeah. No. <laughs> so, so they are taken care of. So do they ever get, like, do they ever get to go to, like, horse camp, you know, where, <laughs> where they can go to someplace out in the country and run around wild, or are they always down in the third ward in that, in that stable? They're always in the stable. Okay. Um, we because are they have to looking. Work. Yeah, right, we're, right. we're we're looking to see if there's some space behind this. There is green space behind us if we can use that space. So I know the other um, foundations, the other places that we are working with at the stable, are trying to be able to use that space. Um, just so they have a place to go. Right. Um, to get so out and just to get out their and long legs and yes. run. Right. Right. Yeah, they do run a lot though in the in oh, the arenas. I, okay. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, I think most people know that social media is a great way to engage with people around the world, unless of course you're living under a rock or maybe you just choose not to engage in it at all, which I, I do know people like that. Tell us how you leverage social media and how these connections made a big impact during a tragic circumstance. So I, I'm the person who manages our social media and I have felt from the beginning that there is so much negative. Um, we are in the community to do good. Um, we are there to build positive interactions with the community. And I wanted that to extend to our social media. I want it to be positive. I want it to be uplifting. I don't want it to be something that, you know, it's the bad of society that you're seeing all over again. Um, so on our social media, I try to show you everybody's personalities. I try to show you every horse because they're all special and have quirks in their own way and they're fun. And people will come up to us and say, 
I absolutely love fish or I absolutely love turbo. He's my favorite. Um, and it's because I'm showing people what these horses, mm. who they really are. Um, because just like police officers, you know, police officers have families and they have, you know, their quirks and they have, you know, fun things in their personality and the horses are the same way. Right. Um, so I try to keep it positive. Um, we had, a, a, you know, another line of duty death with Officer Jerving and I know from experience that these days can be long in funeral homes and in lines of processions and um, so I just posted a Amazon wish list asking for some items just so that we could help in some way provide snacks for officers or meals and I was not expecting it to take off so much I thought we would get a couple boxes of things um, but I was having multiple Amazon trucks pull up to my house wow. unloading hundreds of packages at a time and as soon as one would leave the next truck would come and hundreds of packages again wow. we had just like a line of people helping get stuff into our house so that we could put it all out at the funeral we could we brought some to some of the like to the districts we sent it some to the academy we sent some to the brookfield police department um just the outpouring of community support was incredible and that that is some of the positives of social media one of the things i think um that we do well you know we really try to keep things positive and really keep good strong community interaction and i would say kudos to our uh, community because yes. when there's a need the community steps up and that we, really is wonderful to hear. We cut out every message of encouragement and put it on a board so that the family could read and the officers could read. Um, and just, I think, having that support and hearing that support is, it's just wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Think about that, you know, how I often talk about what can you do to be a positive influence in the community and something as simple as sending a positive word of encouragement to someone just yeah. really means a lot it to does. people, right? It does. Um, well, we like to end the interviews by hearing what your call to action is. You know, what what are some ways that the community can step up and, and help? Well, we always are thankful for donations, uh, monetary donations. Um, that helps us be have the funds available um, if we need another horse because um, we do have some older horses that'll be retiring um, so if people want to donate lots of money to buy horse <laughs> um, down to small things um, that we we do need um, apples bananas. apples bananas <laughs> carrots yeah <laughs> <laughs> There's treats, um, you know, like shiny things that hang from a door, balloons, uh, you know, like s even small things. So we have an Amazon wish list um, that the link to that is actually on our uh, Instagram page. And we do post it o occasionally on our Facebook page. Um, and then we can also take donations through our website. Um, and so what is your website? And if that's the easiest way for people to connect? Sure. Our website is www.mpdmpfoundation.org. Or you can just search MPD Mountain Patrol and on Google and we will show up. I want to thank my guest today, Shelly Stinson, Executive VP of the MPD Mounted Patrol Foundation and Karen Dubas from the Milwaukee Police Band. Thank you both for sharing how you provide service to our community in very unique and wonderful ways. I appreciate you joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. If you'd like further information about the Milwaukee Police Band or the MPD Mounted Patrol Foundation, you can reach out directly to Shelley or Karen, or better yet, go to Google, the University of Google. If you know of a great organization doing great work in our community, like my guest today, 
that you think would be great guests for the show, feel free to email me their contact information. I can be reached at jill at ellenbecker.com or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. Tune in next Sunday morning at 10 to Milwaukee's philanthropic community to learn more about the ways people and organizations are contributing to making our community a safe and entertaining place to live, work, and play. You can tune into News Talk 1130 on your radio, or you can go to Newstalk1130.com on your computer, or you can listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. I also encourage you to visit our website at ellenbecker.com. You can listen to over 400 previously aired shows, or you can listen on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. My call to action is to give some thought to how you can not only engage in the community in which you live, but how can you also make a difference in some way for someone who lives in your community. Our guests have shared today how they, as part of a first responder group, engage with the community and make a difference by sharing their gifts and talents in their own special and unique way. So what does altruism look like for you? Maybe showing care and concern for others looks like donating or volunteering, or it could be simply advocating for an organization or a group of people that speak to your heart. Whatever that looks like for you, I'm sure it would be greatly appreciated by the people that you serve. So take time to find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Thanks for listening today and have a great day.